Okay, what up, like listeners? Welcome to episode 37 after another brief one week hiatus. <laughs> I was on holiday. I'm back. I made it back alive. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the show today. I've been, being in Ibiza is not exactly where you instill high intellectual conversations. So <laughs> it'll be good to uh, be good to get back to normality today. So as usual, you're here with myself, Ben. And Josh. And we will cover what's, what's been a pretty hectic week. I don't know if it's just because I came back and was catching up on news, so therefore chucked a load of stuff in there. But there's quite a few stories to, to cover this week. I mean, I, I don't even know where you want to start. We'll start, off, um, <coughs> we'll start off in the UK for this week. Uh, so in the UK, this week we had um, the Westminster terror, um, terror crash. So I'm going to put it terror in um, inverted commas because it's come out later in the week that he may not have any had any links or it could have been an accident well i don't know that sounds dodgy to me the idea <laughs> of this just being an accident because so when you look at it, i'm not saying this was terror I'm, I'm not saying you can directly the problem is is we mentioned this before right yeah. what defines a terrorist attack yeah. and so because are you saying it's a terrorist attack linked to isis or are you saying it's attack in the intention of causing terror therefore yeah. it defines itself as a terrorist attack right but the lines are being blurred nowadays now you can't argue what he drove down from birmingham birmingham, was birmingham it? yeah Birmingham and parked for about four hours between one and five in the morning, was yeah. it, up near Bond Street? Yeah. Um, and then drove down and drove around the Westminster area and then quickly sped up. I mean, somebody said he was driving, like, I can't remember what the what, uh, um, word they use as a descriptor, but it turned out he was only driving like 40 miles an hour. So yeah. they made out like he was driving like 80 miles an hour or something. And they were like, yeah, he flat out put his foot down. I'm like, you flat out put your foot down, you go faster than 40, dude. Miles, yeah. um, but nonetheless, he did speed up, distinctly speed up, and deviate from his direction to go in the direction of Parliament and people. So, you, to say it was an accident, it, it wasn't a flat out, this is an accident. I saw... No, no, no. no. <coughs> I, I, yeah, I, I think I used the wrong wording. I, I don't think it was a, a... I think what's happened is that he came, he's come down to get his visa renewed, probably got rejected, and he's, he sat there being pissed off, and then he's gone and thought, F it, I'm going to go and hit a few people. I think it may have been, there, there may have been kind of, I don't know, some kind of cultural or religious drivers behind it, but I don't think it was associated to a larger group from what mm-hmm. what they can ascertain. And all they said about it was, he's not cooperating with the police, but I don't know if that's on account of he, they're asking him questions that he doesn't, Actually, so, no. so yeah, so they're, they're asking him questions that I assume would allude to connections to terrorist groups and he can't answer them. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it's not that he's not cooperating. If he's not actually part of those groups, then there's nothing to cooperate and not, no, no information to give up, right? Mm-hmm. So, a- again, it comes down to, I think, for me, what, yeah, what, what defines a, te- a terrorist attack? Um, or being clearer, when you say it's a terrorist attack, just following up and saying, we believe this is a terrorist attack. And either saying, we believe it's a terrorist attack, but we do not know what group this is linked to. Yeah. Or we believe this is a terrorist attack linked to X, Y, and Z group, most likely to be ISIS, but could be any anybody else in the future, right? So it's it's a bit of, and, and to be honest, this is what I've seen across, I was thinking about this this morning, because I was listening to a fifth column, I think, the Ben Shapiro show as well, and they were talking about Trump's, obviously, ongoing feuds with the media, right? But this is, the current problem we've got with media coverage of anything comes from a lack of 
completeness in the statements made by whether it be government, whether it be but, but so whether it be politicians, presidents, PMs, police organisations, anybody seems to lack completeness in the statements they make, and then the media then fill the gaps with this, which then leads to an not necessary, and I don't believe in the fake news term, mm -hmm. but a, a story or a headline which is open to interpretation, and this is one of those. So if when they released the news, so if when police released a statement, they were clear on what they said, what they associated this with from this is a terrorist attack point of view, then there doesn't need to be any ambiguity in the media coverage of it. Yeah. There nonetheless would, because the media like to do that and to create conjecture, right? But the initial statement that sparks out of that doesn't help by being ambiguous in the first place. It's very true. I'm moving on. Um, Same in the UK. So this week, yeah, it was announced by um, the real companies that they would see a 3.2 rise, um, rise in the price of tickets for rail for rail users in the UK which seems a lot it seems really really a lot um there's been a suggestion by Chris Graylin who's the transport secretary um that that we should move away from um our RPI inflation rate of inflation and we use a um consumer's price index which makes more sense I I, I just find this thing mind-boggling so when the when when um, inflation rises, they put a, they put a, the, the ticket prices up. I just thought to myself, if it's a free economy, free market economy, what should happen is realistically, if the prices go up and the RPI goes up, then um, they should then sometimes bear the brunt of bear the brunt of the of the of, of the rise of cost. Who who should? Yeah, that's the problem. That that's the problem. So so part of this is actually so actually the the anger is not coming from. <clears throat> So the anger is coming more from. It, it's a bit. It's a bit strange because it's basically saying that the the ticket fares could be higher, but nobody seems to be. Nobody seems to have really have complained about that from the public. I, mm -hmm. I think some people have just become desensitized to it. Mm -hmm. But what they're really saying is, so if if they change this around, so Brighton London ticket would have been thirty nine pound cheaper. So what happens? Yeah. So the, by him changing the index of which it's referenced against, it will actually make the increases lower mm -hmm. than they previously have been. And what the unions are saying is. <clears throat> you can't, don't expect us to go with this because he hasn't come out and said that this is the reason why, but they're, what they're looking at is saying, okay, well, if you do that and the ticket prices don't go up at the same rate as they used to, then you're going to look to cut costs from somewhere else and therefore you're going to either try and cap our wages because they also want to change the increase rate for wages in line with this change as well. So they're basically turning around and saying, well, no, you can't change the way that, you, you can't change the way that you do our wage increases. And to be honest, I mean... Uh, any, other, any, other, any other private company... If, yeah, yeah, well, this is what I was about to say. It's oh. always the row. It's always the row union. Yeah. Like, and don't get me wrong, I'm not having a go. But I'm, I'm not being funny. I've spoke to a couple of guys who have gone to work in the rails, and what they get paid for what they do is very good yeah. money. And I understand them trying to protect that, but they always come out like they, they come out like they're working at McDonald's for five pounds, but doing sixty hours a week. You're yeah. not. Don't act like you're hard done by. And it becomes just a bit. It makes it very. It, it makes it very difficult for me. And this sounds a bit harsh. And I do know people who work in training, and there's nothing wrong with them. I, I'm friends with them. That's not like they're bad people. But from the outside in, if you work for another company where you have to deal with your price, your wages being capped for the last five years, where you have to deal with small increases when you get them, when you have to deal with your bonuses being cut, or even your actual wage being dropped, right? 
you, you just have to get on and deal with it. Yeah. And then all you see here is because you know where this leads to inevitably. If they push this down the line, then the unions will strike. And yeah. who pays for that? We the do. passengers and the public. So it makes it. I get why they raise these concerns, but also doing it in front. They always do it in public as well. Like, can't you do some of this stuff behind closed doors? Because it makes it very difficult for people to show sympathy for you or empathy for your situation if you're forever milking a situation that other people, 90% of the population, just have to deal with. Yeah, I just don't understand it. I just think to myself, if I was, if any other, any other industry that you work in, if, um, if you if the cost got became more expensive, then you some people lose their bonuses. You lose your bonuses. Your, your salary will get frozen. And you have to deal with it. It happened in two thousand eight. I was working. They said, "Oh well, we're, we're not hiring any more new staff," which means that you have to take on more of a load, and um, my salary won't jump up. That won't it won't be increased significantly because they can't because the company couldn't afford to do it. That's what happens in business. And the bottom line is because you work in finance, right? Yeah. I work in IT, and what happens? And it's the same thing in both industries, yeah. right? And in both in all areas, right? If, as the economy and the global market gets more competitive, then things get squeezed. And what happens is headcount reduces, yeah. but workload doesn't reduce. In fact, it increases. So yeah. we're going to slash some heads and we're going to increase your workload. And you're just expected to do it in line with your normal job. Now, when that happens in the rail unions, when that happens in the tube, boom, tube shut down. Right. It's just, and, and it's because they have a union and it, and it is subject to the industries where you can actually still have unionization going on. However, like I say, it makes it... Even this, things like this, it's always so public, the discussions that they have. And I feel like the train companies are coming out because the, the train unions come out as if we're supposed to feel sympathy for them. Or maybe this will make us feel sympathy when they lock off our trains and we can't get around or get to work. It doesn't make us feel sympathy because the reasons that you're doing it for are things that other people just have to get on and deal with. So, I don't know, it's... I just find it frustrating, the, the continue. I mean, they need to do... And, and the bottom line is... <clears throat> They need to do something to fix the massively out of scale and out of comparative ratio with um, inflation increases that we see in rail fares because they're not aligned. They're often double the increase for the, the train fares than they are for inflation. So every good thing has to at least not maybe come to an end, but has to slow down. So all the money you're getting paid to drive these trains, right, which again, I'm not saying I'm not I'm not suggesting that they don't work hard. What I'm saying is they do get a good wage for what they do and a great thing can only last so long because everybody else is paying the brunt for you guys retaining these these high wages right you know what i found funny about this, this, this article and uh, when when corbyn came out and goes um the regulated fares the increase to regulated fares as, as an insult to everyone who suffers from the chaos of british railways i'm like but mate you're 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 pro-union i don't know what you what you do you probably give them more of a pay right <laughs> well well, they're, they're, I guess that's a useful word because him saying stuff that's nonsensical is probably a good segue onto the story about, well, the ongoing story about him in the last couple of weeks. What, what, so, <clears throat> I don't know if you want to give a brief summary of it. Or... Oh, so, um, <clears throat> oh, so, it's, so it's been going for a, um, a couple of weeks. A couple of months now, actually. Well, it started with the anti-Semitism row, which has been really going on through the duration of his time of taking up yeah. uh, um, Labour. But... The recent one is around him putting the reef down, which appears to be near a, a, a grave of one of the Munich bombers, yeah. right? Now, this for him, what, what I find amusing about this, and again, I was thinking about this this morning when I, I was running back from the gym, but <clears throat> normally in, in these political discourses, right, you see the two parties and the leaders of the two parties who have to vo verbally compete with each other, right? Theresa May has to do nothing. 
She has to do nothing because this guy seems to be just getting a spade out and digging, digging himself the biggest hole mm. because he seems... And, and when I say digging himself the biggest hole, the, how he looks to the public now, when you go back 12, 12 months ago when we yeah. had the snap election and he... I think he put on a good advertising campaign, went for the the parts of society which he could, which were the youngsters, and I think he started to win people over. And ever since then, any time he needs to... He, he, from a statement perspective, he can't hold a position. He's, he can't make a consistent line. He can't defend himself from... He just... He signals to me somebody who would be incapable of running this country if they actually got in. And I'm not, you know, I'm not a Theresa May fan. But, but the reason why is because of ideologically with his party, he differs from what Labour, what Labour had become under Tony Blair and what his core beliefs are. If, if anything, um, Corbyn is more socialist. Is He said a socialist. He's a socialist and um, he, he, he does lean on commun some communist beliefs. He supports some of the things he supports doesn't go in line with the Labour Party, um, from supporting um, Chavez in um, Venezuela, then supporting um, Castro in Cuba, uh, then um, his criticisms of Israel and some of them. Some of them. Yeah. Some of them are genuine criticisms, which I understand. However, um, it's the, it's the it's the way his. Um, his he refused his refusal to get the Labour Party to sign to the UN's um, definition of antisemitism. No, no, no. This is not. This is not my. So, so it's nothing to do with his policy that makes him incapable of running the country. It's to do with his handling of any situation, even something as pure as him. Right. The reality of this. The reality of this situation of him with putting the reef on the the Munich bombers. Right. Is he didn't know what he was doing. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Right. But he feels like, he, but he refuses to come out and say that. Therefore, he dances around the truth. And now he's saying, "I don't want to be asked this question anymore." Then answer the question seriously. Say, <clears throat> "You were there," because what he's trying to say is, "I was there trying to show my support for all the people who have been bombed in the past." Right? But you were next to the Munich bombs. You were. You were standing there mm -hmm. with a leader of a terrorist party. Right? You were. Now. You probably didn't know. I, I, I genuinely look at this and think he did not know at the time what grave he was next to. Maybe, maybe I'm being too sympathetic to him. But I don't think he knew what grave he was next to. Yeah. He just got told, can you lay a reef here? Somebody probably thought, let's make, make, make a lay a reef against this. Probably sitting there thinking to themselves, now when this story's come out, I can't believe it took so many years for my plan to come to fruition, <laughs> right? But I feel like he was put there to lay a reef he thought, I'm just laying this in memories of the people who have died before, right? And didn't realise what it was. And I don't think he realised, at the time, he was just a backbencher, right? Mm. So, I don't think he also realised who he was standing next to. Now, you can call that down to a lack of research or understanding or knowledge of the world of terrorism, right? You can call it whatever you want. But I think in both instances, he didn't know what he'd done. Now, for me, for me, just as a member of the public... I would, and I know that I know the media would chastise him still, but no more so than they've done for this cause at the moment. I would rather see somebody, and this goes back in line with what I said earlier about the media can misconstrue what is being said because nobody will answer the question. I would rather, from a genuine uh, a kind of integrity perspective, he came out and said, I was there, I thought that I was there just to support, and I didn't know who I was standing next to. If that's the actual truth, but he hasn't said that, and if that isn't the truth, then he was laying it for a reason, and he hasn't answered that question either. Yeah. So when you answer the question in this particular manner, what do you expect the media to do, apart from hang you? They're going to fill in the gaps. But don't you think that, don't you think Corbyn has a lot of similarities with, with Trump, in the sense of he's a, he's a populist, um, 
his policies are very populist. Um, his his paranoia in regards to the media, some of it's justified, some of it's not. Um, he's just paranoid in regards to the media of, of, of attacking him. And many, many, many of the reasons why they attack him is because, of, well, like you said, it's his own thoughts. It's his own, it's his own ability to answer questions um, um, straight to the point. He differs a lot. Um, sometimes he lets things, some of the things that he, he lets get away, lets um, carry on. A stronger leader will just will draw a line underneath it and go, no, okay, cool. We are not anti-sensitists and we are going to start to the UN's um, definition of anti-sensitism. And it's not difficult. Do you see not what I mean? It's not yeah, difficult. Not but difficult. He won't, he can't, he's incapable of making the decision. Yeah. He's incapable of having an interview. I've seen him in question, um, Prime Minister's question times, right? Even when he said, you couldn't even tell that he was a leader of a party because he gets shut down so easily by Theresa May. It's an absolute joke. Like yeah. He scores own goals all over the place. And it's it, Brexit, he, Brexit. And he may be, I, I actually can't, I think that he stole from Trump's approach when he went to the elections last year by looking for the the, the area that he could get. But he's nothing like Trump because Trump is a million times more skilled. And this sounds like a ridiculous thing to say, but a million times more skilled in being able to deal with his own intellectual flaws. He knows that there are people that he can't compete with on a, a certain platform, but then he just doesn't... He cl he shuts down that platform, and whether he calls it fake news or he calls people dogs, like we'll get onto shortly, mm -hmm. or he's dismissive of them and walks off or calls them an idiot. He finds a way to say, I don't care whether you don't like me, I'm just, and he does care. We know he cares, right? That's the worst thing in the world to him, to not be liked. But I'm not going to deal with this. I'm going to be dismissive. I'm going to try and be dismissive of you. And to be honest with the media, whether, people, whether the media like it or not, there's a lot of his part in increasing po um, percentage of the population in the US who are agreeing with him mm -hmm. in that the media are not... The, it's, it's weird because the polls are like the, the media are the enemy of the people, which that's just a, a terrible way of putting it. What you should say is the media are guilty of misrepresenting the truth. That would be a better poll to put out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he knows how to deal with it. Jer Jeremy Corbyn, I, I can't... <clears throat> He can't deal with a simple question in an interview. Imagine him having to deal with a serious negotiation as part of, uh, as leader of a country. Mm -hmm. Like, so this last time, it's not, it's not necessarily what he's guilty of or of not doing in this that I think has hurt him. It's his inability to handle a situation which you would have to deal with something a hundred times magnified, uh, well, multiplied if you were the leader of a country. And to be honest, and Theresa May must just wake up every day and go, oh, look, media's doing my job again, Barry and Jeremy Corbyn. <laughs> like, it's just, it's a, it's a bizarre situation to be in. And it's quite funny, right, that we've got the same situation in the US as we have in the UK, in that you have a leader who arguably is not really fully competent of doing the job, but has no competition because the, uh, the, uh, the opposing parties can't get their act together and find anybody capable or competent enough to compete against them. Okay, that's brilliant. Moving, okay, so what we're new? Sorry, I went on a bit. There. <laughs> <laughs> staying in, um, staying in the UK. Um, Stormzy launches a Cambridge scholarship. Um, the grand artist, and the grand artist, um, is helping fund two black students in 2018 to go to Cambridge this year, and he plans on doing the same thing in 2019. Um, yeah. So, um, Stormzy will pay for tuition fees and provide maintenance grant for up to four years for an undergraduate course. Um, he says um, it's important for black students especially to, especially to be aware that it's, it's, it can be 100% achievable to be an option. I'll say it again. It's important for black students especially to be aware that it can 100% be an option to attend university of this calibre. Um, yeah. So what's your view on this? Because we had a bit of a, not a heated debate, but... No, it's, uh, it's before, not... No, so before, before the show. I, I, so, okay, I'm going to break down my, my, my point. Because I, I saw this story as a bit about nothing. And, 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 and the reason why I saw it was a bit... I, I'm not 
before if anyone jumps on me, I'm not saying what somebody's doing is a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. I think it's a positive thing to do. Um, I do think sometimes we conflate and we compare and contrast ourselves with America in the sense that you have LeBron James coming out next um, a week week before creating a school for children at risk um, and paying for their paying for their maintenances and paying for their student, their parents to go to get courses so they can, it's, and you then you see a Stormzy a, a black um, star in the UK paying for two fund two students it's not the same and in a scale in a scale of things it's not it's not incomparable. Um, he's funding two students. Um, some people on Twitter had an issue that he was funding two black students. I'm like saying it doesn't matter because if, if if he was funding his cousins, it wouldn't be a problem. They'll be black. So him funding two black students, it's, it was really it's it's um, he says black students, but it's really people that are um, it's black students who are from underprivileged backgrounds and um, you know there is issues with, with people black students going to Cambridge because Cambridge didn't, didn't have any black students going to Cambridge last year. However. My issue was one of the things I took from the from the article, and it's maybe it's badly written, was that if it felt like Stormzy was saying the reason why a lot of students don't go to university is because they feel they can't afford to go to university, and I just didn't I just, just don't agree with that because of um, the way tuition fees are done now. You pay the government gives you your grant and your loan for tuition fees up front, and then you pay it you pay towards that. Once you start earning over a certain amount, um, when I went to when I went to university, my mum paid for my um, tuition fees. I mean, my tuition fees were quite were, were nowhere near as higher as nine thousand pounds a year. My mum paid for the tuition fees up front, and I got a loan for my um, maintenance fee. And um, I to, before I and I I had to pay my my tuition fee back when I earned over over fifteen thousand pounds, which I, which I did. And um, so therefore. And people that for, from poor backgrounds than myself, they were given a bursary or a grant where they didn't have to pay for tuition fees at all, and all they and they were given a loan for their maintenance and they would have to pay it back. Now, and so, and then after that, the next generation of students would have to pay three thousand pounds on the top up fee of three thousand pounds, and then they wouldn't have to pay that up, uh, pay any of that up front, and they'll take the loan, um, take a loan. Government gives you a loan, and you pay a contribution back. Now it's nine thousand pounds, and the nine thousand pounds. And I blame some politicians. They've used this uh, this idea. Of, they've they've lied to the people about um, student tuition fees in the sense that student tuition fees is a is a, is a debt. If you um it, um a lot of a lot of people think oh, nine thousand pounds I can't afford it. Well, reality, what happens is the government gives you the loan and the grant up front to go to university, and it's not a debt. It's not actually a debt in a sense. It's more a contribution. And what it means that when people have a debt on them, it affects their credit scores. The, the student loan does not affect your credit score whatsoever. Yeah, but that's not the definition of a debt. The definition of a debt is something that you have to pay back. So I'm not, I'm not sure I agree but, but with you no, that but, people but, thinking that it's debt. No, but I, I, it's not free money, let's put it like that. It's not free money, but I think a lot of people, when a, lot, I think a lot, of, lot of black or poor working class people, they think that it will be a debt, on the, it will be a burden on, their, on, on them. And I, was, I, don't, I, don't think that, I don't even think that, that sits with just them. I think any student who goes to university knows that they're going to come out of that yeah. debt to pay. Yeah, but, but in, in the sense that it's not a debt in the sense of... It's done on the percentage of how much you earn. So if you take a loan out and you... It's not, it's not like a normal loan where you take a loan out and then you have to pay a huge amount. If you, if you earn... Um, take a debt out of 54... 50, if you take a debt out of 54,000 pounds and you earn £25,000, regardless of if you take a debt of £64,000 or £100,000 on the student loan 
um, that you all pay back a percentage. It'll be 450 pounds a year. Regardless. Yeah, but it doesn't make a difference. It's still a percentage of something that you're paying back to a debt. It doesn't make any difference. Yeah. Whether it's, regardless of the fact that it's a percentage of what you earn, is, is a, irregardless, it's still a debt that you have to pay back. So I don't agree with the comment that it's not a debt in the sense of it doesn't, doesn't impact your credit score. For me, that's not really an issue. And, and the reason I say this is for some people, making a choice to go to university and knowing you're going to take on a debt is not the worst thing in the world because you know that you may have family at home who can support you otherwise, mm -hmm. right? It's a very different, um, different way to look at it if you know that you haven't got the support at home and you're going to inherit that debt and you may put pressure on them as well. And, and also that's, that's part of my reason for it. I mean, I'll let you continue on your but, There's but another take... reason because I... I read into this differently to what you do as what it represents. Yeah, but, but in an argument also that £450 in the grand scheme of, of £450 a year paying back on the grand scheme of £25,000 of, of earnings is it's minuscule. It's not a big deal. It's not, it's not a big amount to pay back on a, on a yearly basis. It won't harm you as much as if, if you... Um, yeah, £450 a year on a £25,000 um, salary isn't a lot of money. It shouldn't be. That's that's not enough money to say that you can't go to university. Yeah, but I don't, I don't, I don't see this. There's a he, he hasn't. I'm, ran, I'm, not, I'm not saying yeah. him. I'm, not, I'm, I'm saying. Yeah, 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 I'm, okay, I'm, I'm not saying Storms yeah, said that. Yeah, but who who's going around saying that they can't afford to go to university? Who's actually going around saying that? But a lot of you hear that a lot of young blacks people saying. Right, well, I, I think we should stop moving away from. But if we're going to talk about the cost of it, I don't think it's young black people who say they can't. No, but you have, you have, yeah. So you may hear young people saying they can't go to, afford to go to university. I get, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. Okay, okay, not young black. You hear a lot of students saying they can't go to university due to top fees, and I'm saying to them, this is this is this is something that political parties have used, especially the Labour Party, to gain support for their policies, and it's not true. It's not. It's not this idea that if you because um, Jeremy Corbyn is saying, well, get rid of tuition fees altogether. I'm like, that's not that's not that's not going to happen because you can't afford you can't afford to do it. Tuition fees should not be the reasons why you can't go to university. I can understand. I can understand you, you not getting support to you from home, and that that's the reason why you can't go to university. But tuition fees itself, that top up fee stuff, it shouldn't be a hindrance of you going to university. It isn't. I, I don't know. I still disagree. Whether it's four hundred, I'm not being funny. And, and and to be honest, if that's the percentage of what you're paying back, and I think, it's, but frankly, openly, it's bullshit anyway. Because that's too much money to be loaning out to people to never pay back. And I'm sorry, I didn't go to university, and that may sound harsh, but if you're loaning out twenty five k and you're paying about four hundred and fifty pound a year, that's economically not viable. It's, it's stupid. stupid. Exactly. And, I, and I've always said it's stupid. It's, I said, and I, and I and I said this. I said, this, I said it when it came in. That student loan that they that that um they're lending out to people it's gonna be a bigger hole to the government than the pension fund in, and it's in, not difficult in, why would you not just say pay back 10 percent of your salary so two and two and a half grand a year yeah two and a half grand a year is, is nothing on a monthly basis yeah. and i and to be honest and, and let me be clear and i, and I just want to and, and i understand there are people in hard up situations but this really pisses me off when they do any kind of increase on on any form of bills right nobody likes to pay more on their bills right but i hate it when you've got stuff like there's an increase in the cost of electric and we all know that we're running out of certain type of fuels in the world so however the price is not going to go down they're going to go up that's just the way that the world works mm -hmm. when you've got finite resources right um but then they'll say oh it's, and they'll have this big story and then they'll say for the average household it's going to add 230 pounds a year yeah 
for mo- for most of the, the society, that's not for some people who are, are seriously Alcoholism. hard done Alcoholism. up Alcoholism. by. Yeah. That might be very difficult to. Handle. But when you're that, there there are a lot of situations in the mid area where you've got benefits coming in to help you anyway, yeah. and at the higher area, it doesn't make a difference anyway. So you've got all these things, are, and that's slightly deviating off. But the the idea of having a tuition fee that you pay back at such a small amount is stupid because it's not economically good for the the finances of society, let alone the individual person, because there will also be the stigma of them seeing, whether it's £450 um, a year or not, is, is irrelevant, right? If it's £450 a year, you're forever looking at it and saying, so over the course of, <laughs> over the course of four years, you're looking at it and saying, I've only paid off three grand of my, my loan. You see what I mean? So <laughs> even that idea of the association of the money that's left to pay is not good for a person to have. Mental thing, yeah. But, but anyway, out, outside of the mental component, I don't think that this, that, that I, I read this differently. I read this as, this was supposed to be a way to convince people or, or, or break the stigma that people of black and ethnic minorities can't go to Cambridge or Oxford, which are traditionally considered like an old men's club. Now, I do, I do need to do some uh, kind of qualifying of some of these statements because traditionally, and it says everything about the, the media, right, is that I can't trust everything they're putting here because they have put... So the Financial Times found that Cambridge College, some Cambridge colleges didn't take in any black students. To be honest, interested in the intake numbers for Cambridge University itself. Um, nonetheless, there are a minority of people there, right? And there needs to be something that breaks that to start convincing people that when they are going for their, getting their A-level results, this is a viable option for them rather than them choosing enough. And until you break that down and start building up a community of ethnic minorities, black and ethnic minorities in there, then it also that's also a barrier that's got to break down, right? Because I think you're also not going to want to be part of a minority in a certain... Well, certain types of people are not going to want to be part of a, a minority, which is, to a degree, depending on some of the people who go to these universities, they will look down on them purely because they're from a rich background, looking at somebody who's here uh, from a poorer background. Whether they've gone through being funded by a scholarship or whether they've gone through off their own back by getting tuition fees is irrelevant. There's, there's always... So, so there has to be something done to break the barrier. I mean, it's in the grand scheme of things, yes, it's, it's only two. Um, so I think he's doing two and a YouTube doing two as well. Yeah. So, but it's a, it's a start of a 10, right? And if this can convince six more members of the grime community to come out and do something similar, right? Then it's starting to provide new gateways in. And again, for me, I, I, I feel like it's a way of breaking down the ideological door of people of black and ethnic minorities can't really, or from poorer backgrounds, can't go and apply for a university like Oxford and Cambridge, even if you've got the grades. So that that was why I read this slightly, I interpreted this slightly differently, I, I think. But nonetheless, either way, this is a positive thing. I do find it is quite, <laughs> it is quite funny when you look at the, the so, so the image of his scholarship is the, the nice, clean and smart University of Cambridge logo versus uh, a globe with a crown on it and hashtag murky. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> it's a perfect collision of two worlds. All right, staying in the UK, final story from the UK. Um, Nigel Farage has decided to go on the role of the Leave group. So Nigel Farage says he'll offer his total support to the pro-Brexit group Leave, which um, Leave means leave. Um, Farage... Got He's the, a twat. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. The... Um, <laughs> Like Tourette's. <laughs> What's it called? Um, Farage and his uh, optimist, perfect opt- opportunist. Um, so, just I can't actually get into the story. Uh, my computer's not letting me get into the story, but, but um, knowing for what I know, 
and Farage is now is willing to come back and be go on the road and go to around the country and throw his hand his, his hand behind the leave means leave group. Well, basically, well, basically, he's 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 on the road campaign because he's not happy. Well, as with anybody who wants the Brexit, they're not happy with the Brexit plan that's in place. Um, he's probably particularly not happy that it's gaining further support for the idea of a second referendum because even the people who wanted to leave now are not happy as well. But so I read into this and I'm just thinking to myself, is this him creating an opportunity to then because he obviously left the his party as soon as he managed to get the leave group because mm. he is a prick. Um, and is this him looking as an opportunity to create a new party or a new team at least in order to now go against um, Theresa May again? And, and what I mean by this is, is there an opportunity here for him to connect with David Davis and Boris Johnson and the other dissenters in the, mm -hmm. the Tories to come together and say, well, actually, if you don't like how the Brexit plan is going, why don't you come over here and Brexit? Because there is, there is one demon scenario here where he starts to get backing and support from Tories of it where Theresa May already can't hold her party what does that look like if Nigel Farage comes back on the scene and starts to gain support after he caused all of this nonsense by his massive conjecture hot air and lies yeah. posted on the sides of buses and then said oh actually we didn't say that there's a big fuck off picture of a bus there dude like and I apologize for my language in this but I really it frustrates the shit out of me, this guy, that he has caused such a mess for this country based on... I could understand if he had put a legitimate case forward and it wasn't full of... What, what, what is quite funny about this is he's got a quote in this interview where he says the Brexit plan is a complete betrayal. Your Brexit campaign was a complete betrayal of the people who voted for it. Mm. You, you made promises to them that could never have been kept. So now that they're not being kept, that actually is coming to some form of the actual reality of the situation that you got us into two years back. And it, and it stinks to high element that this guy can go on to, on campaigns around the world talking, that he can still go on radio, that people are going to take him seriously going back on the road. Fuck off, dude. Like, <laughs> you've caused enough problems already. And, and again, I just get, there's very few people who really get me wound up. But he does because he puts himself on this moral high horse and, and he gets up on this pedestal as if he's got a right to. And... Nobody seems to call him out for the fact that he has caused an absolute nightmare for this country, which we cannot now get ourselves out of. Yeah. Sorry about Everything that. Everything you said. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you said. I just find him, I find him hilarious that he's come back and um, he's opportunist. He sees, he's, he's, seen, he's running out of money probably. He sees himself as a way of getting himself front back into the picture. Um, I, Yeah. The whole Brexit stuff is a bit, a bit hilarious. I think the, Bre the people that vote for Brexit aren't going to get the Brexit they wanted. The, the people that don't want Brexit don't don't like don't the Brexit. Don't want to leave anyway. Don't want to leave anyway. <laughs> so this whole thing is a bit hope. It's a lot of hot air. It's, and it looks like we're going to be we're going to be in a worse position for it because we haven't got a strong government that can say no or yes. Um, yeah. I'm okay, moving on. So some it's, so this week in America, there's some a lot of interesting news coming out of America this week. So Trump, uh, Trump, Trump, Trump. Trump and Amorosa. So we start off. Oh, yeah, you can, because this is, this is going to, my name. So Amorosa was to be, well. so Amorosa, the history between Amorosa and Trump, that Amorosa was on The Apprentice. Um, she, he hired her to be part of his campaign and then she, he gave her a job when he was made a president of the United States. But let's be clear. So, and, and so she's been sacked by him here because it's funny. I think maybe they spoke about it. 
on one of the podcasts I was listening to, it maybe might not have been the foot. They did talk about, no, they spoke about her, but they speak about how many times she's been fired. I don't think it was. I think it was on the Ben Shapiro. So I think she'd been, so prior to The Apprentice, she was on another reality TV show program, I think. And so I think, or whatever job she had. So I think she'd been fired twice prior to that. She got fired on The Apprentice, didn't she? So she got fired on The Apprentice and she's been fired again here. Like she makes, and let's be clear, right? This is a seasoned, um, reality TV star mm. who even when she got into the the White House made a lot of her reputation on saying stuff to get her out there in front of the media right mm. so and at the time the media would pull her apart whenever she said anything in support of, of Donald Trump so why now why now am I supposed to take anything seriously with, with, from a woman who has zero integrity here and, and I'm not to going to buy into the position that merely because she is black I'm supposed to listen to her I'm not going to do that I'm straight <laughs> out not going to do that and that is nothing to do with siding with I, I don't like Donald Trump I hate Donald Trump as yeah. much as the next person but that doesn't mean I'm going to start listening to a liar who can't even have a consistent story so but also she, she took her phone into the, the one the, the room where you're not to have phones and they asked her, how did you get the recording? And she said, I, I, I couldn't yeah, but this is Yeah, but this is the stuff that's inconsistent. She says that, so she goes from, and it's funny because she got interviewed on one of the um, news outlets. And they said to her, because she writes in her book that she has knowledge of a recording of, so, that's what, but, so the reason that she's come out this week is she is, she's basically said that, what well, he's losing his mind. She basically said he's losing his mind. Okay, the reason why she came out this week, that he used the N-word. If we go back, we go back. The reason why she came out this week is because she's releasing the book and she's on a press run. Yes. Okay. Well, no. Well, no. She came out this week because, well, yes, but the story that she said, which has got her into the news, which is, yeah, it is related to her getting a press run, is that she has, well, she has knowledge of a tape of Donald Trump using the N-word in recordings on The Apprentice. Yeah. And she also came out as part of, because she got fired, but... Yeah, you got fired. That's what that's what happens. Yeah. She made it out like it's something to be upset about. No, you got fired because you do stuff like walk into highly secure rooms and make rec supposed recordings on your phones. So what, yeah. what do you expect? What do you expect? <laughs> okay. um, so, but then she's come out and she she's done this. But in her book, she makes reference to knowledge of recording of him using the N word. Yeah. Then this this uh, this um, reporter put it on her and said, "So, do you have the tapes?" And she says, "Yeah, I, I have the tapes." And so then she goes back and says, "But in your book, you say that you have knowledge of the tapes. So, have you actually heard the tapes?" And her uh, after a bit of back and forth of this, her only retort is, "Girl, have you read my book?" Like, yeah, the woman has read your book and she's calling you out on the inconsistency of your truths here. And I'm just fine. I don't think I. I, I mean. It's her, it's quite amusing that her book is called Unhinged because she seems slightly off the rails in and of herself. Um, but yeah, it's I, I, I don't I don't see any reason to take this woman seriously. Um, however, you've also got Donald Trump, who then threw out a couple of tweets by which he referred to her as a dog. Yeah, which has. And again, I hate Donald Trump as much as the next person, but I'm going to take this on the merit of the consistency that he's shown in his time in in um, power. And Donald Trump insults everybody he doesn't like. Yeah. It, it, and and actually, Sarah Huckabee Sanders came out this week in a talk, and she basically said he has equality of discrimination. Basically, yeah. she said she it, he calls it, everyone a dog. Basically, what she said is it doesn't make any difference whether you're white, black, Indian, Asian, man or woman. He will if he doesn't like you, then he's going to call you a, a name. Yeah. She said it in a, a more diplomatic manner, but that was basically what she was saying. I'm right? everyone. And 
<laughs> when he calls and actually when he calls her a dog I think he's actually referring to her as a bitch yeah that's the way that I took because I don't there are many times and there are many statements that he makes which are completely wrong again and they are racially driven right but this, in this instance this actually wasn't one of them no but I, I can't I think it's just it's the media just, there making an association between he's used the n-word and she's black and he said dog and tying it all together I, and this I, is what he means by fake news I don't want to support Trump here I don't want to you know, like I'm backing him up but I can totally understand the sentiment there this is a woman that um, by all accounts is not very good at her job um, she's she's been fired in previous roles like you said previously um, he brought her along he gave her a job he 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 propped her up and stuff um, um, General Kelly's come out and wanted to get rid of her and I, I can understand why because there were leaks going to the press he wanted he wanted to tie the shit um, gets rid of her and she betrays him she, she, what she's what Amarosa done to Trump is a betrayal. She, I think she felt betrayal, betrayed by Trump, but I think she, I think what she's also done, she's come out and betrayed him. And I can understand being Trump, Trump, Trump being Trump. People that he sees as his only as his people, and they come out and betray him. He's come out and he's come out in an emotional reaction to her and, and called her an incompetent dog. I I'm not supporting him. He's called other people dogs before in the past. I don't think it's because she's a woman. I don't think it's because she's black. I just think that she's betrayed him and she's hurt him. And he feels hurt by her um, accusations of him, calling it saying that he's senile, saying that he's um, that he had, he had full knowledge of the of the uh, Hillary tapes, um, saying that he used the N word. And and my thing with Amrosa, Amrosa's got no credibility. Is that because you've been kicked out? You you when you when you were working for him, you were okay with him calling other people um, the N word, or you were okay with him having collusion, apparently collusion with Russia. But now you've been kicked out. Oh, he's senile. Blah. He's he's senile. He's this. He's a traitor. Blah blah. You have no you have no integrity. Why am I going to believe you when you when you when you're working for him? You're okay with it. Now you're not working for him. He's an idiot. But this is the point. She's got she's got zero integrity. So she's yeah. got no position by which to anybody is realistically going to believe. And it's quite interesting because any analysis or any review of this I've heard on any podcast has said the exact same thing. You backed him before, and in fact has hit back on the media as well because hit back on the media saying you didn't believe anything that she said before when it was in support of Trump, and now you believe her, and now you believe her when actually her integrity is even more called into question because of the duality of the lies that she, and positions that she has taken from when she was in the party to when she has been fired. And just to be clear, I don't. Um, when you say you're not smart, I I don't believe that there's any reason by which you should need to call anybody a dog. Yeah. And I do think it. I actually think that there is a relation of this to the fact that she's a woman, and I think he's trying again to call her a bitch. And that, in that much sense, you don't really tend to call a a, a a guy. You do call a guy a bitch sometimes, but usually not in the context of what he's saying there, right? So I think there may be a degree of female relation to it. I do think it's because he's been hurt. And I do think they had quite a close relationship yeah. going on, and that's why it's hurt him so much. But he doesn't, again, this, I mean, there's no point in coming out. He doesn't need to say this on Twitter because he says everything on Twitter. Twitter yeah. um, it's consistent. If anything, Trump's consistent. Yeah, I, I just don't think that this is. I think the media choosing to tie this to him making a racist comment here because of the nature of what she is saying she heard. And again, that's not me. I just want to qualify my situation here i don't agree with him using the the word dog and i don't in any way deny that he has used racial slurs before because he yeah. completely has yeah, yeah. i just think the problem here is and the, the, the problem here is this typifies why this is exactly why he is able to get support from the public for saying the media are the enemy of the people because you choose to try and not misinterpret, but misconstrue the statements being made to point them in the direction of your own agenda, right? And 
there is no nobody's and and nobody is suggesting that there shouldn't be free and open media but free and open media should be in the interest of bringing honest news coverage to the people absent of somebody choosing to have their own agenda driven and the problem is in the states it's worse than over here because the agenda is is politically driven in one or other directions either in support of the person in power or against the person in power mm -hmm. so there is a reason why he goes out and he fires against you because in his eyes you are not the, and let's be clear you're not the enemy of the people you're the enemy of him because you are misconstruing certain situations to try and challenge his power but if you've done that in an honest manner then again you would get sympathy from the majority of the public whereas if you ask the majority of the public a different question i.e is is the media the enemy of the people which to be fair was not what actually what they've, they've even changed his statement that wasn't his statement originally his statement was fake news of which the media consists a lot of is the enemy of the people yeah. they've stripped out the fake news part and said the media is the enemy of the people so he said so even there every time you are saying these things for me from the outside looking in i'm like you're choosing to change the agenda for your own means here and then you're asking me to feel sorry for you when your integrity is called into question yeah. Should you say they're the enemy of the people? No, I don't believe that. I think the poll should be set out to say, do you believe that the, major the, the media can misconstrue the truth or misreport the truth or misinterpret the story a majority of the time? And I think most of the public would often say yes to that. Mm. There's a very different question to you to believe they're the enemy because I, I don't even know what qualifies as the enemy of the people. It's not a buzzword. All right, moving on. Um... I think we need to, by the way, I forgot about this, but we need to call out a couple of um, Parsons this week, don't we? Huh? We need to call out a couple of Parsons this week. Oh, yeah, so, so this week... Um, we've had two. So, so we had two, like, so... Cool. Um, well, two celebrity ones. There's been a lot of Parsons deaths in the world this week, but... Um, the Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin, died at age of 76 after battle with pancreatic... Is it pancreatic cancer? Uh, battle of cancer. Um, she, and Kofi Annan passed away as well, didn't he? Kofi Annan passed away on Friday, age of 80. Um, yeah. Too big, too big um, superstars, not superstars. Well, actually, actually, to be fair, superstars in their own right, right? Mm. Uh, obviously, Aretha Franklin in more of a, a vocal way because she was the queen of soul. Um, but even Kofi Annan, in, in, if you put into context the where he, what he worked and what he done in the Nobel Peace Prize laureate, mm -hmm. it's, it's, no, it's no small thing, right? Um, so, so, yeah, unfortunate Parsons this week. Uh, may they both rest in peace. All right, cool. So, moving on. Um, arrest after dozens of overdose in Connecticut Park. So, a mass overdose of 40 people um, overdosed on a, synthetic, on a synthetic drug. I'm pretty proud of myself I said that word. Um, <laughs> so, dozens of people have been had overdosed on... What does, what's the drug? Well, I think, this, the, to be honest, the, this is just a further indication of the the... The, the issue of opioids over in the States. I mean, so the incident comes in the wake of a new report that found a record 72,000 Americans died of overdoses in 2017. Crazy. Just take that number in for a second. It's That's crazy. insane. It's crazy. I mean, apart from the fact that you could have 70 people who overdose in... And the problem is, but some of these, and I think some of these situations are related to the fact that people now seek to get themselves OD... Because you remember, I think we maybe covered a story earlier on in the year, or maybe we just had a separate discussion where certain people wanted to OD because the drug that is used to get them back from an overdose situation, there's something about that, that experience that they were trying to seek. And I think that is a lot of what will contribute to that 72,000. People are seeking to get an overdose because they want the drug that the ambulance... Um, gives them when they turn up. I can't remember. I can't remember for the life of me what the um, 
what the medicine was. But, I mean, it's, it's a massive problem, right? And clearly, it's like they meet for, I don't want to say this in a, you know, it's like they meet for overdose parties. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a jokey way. Like, they, it's like, in some instances, they literally do. And I mean, it's, I mean, this is just down the road from Yale University as well. And it's going to, and you're going to get this with a lot of students that this happens, but it's just, it's, it's a shocking, um, it's a shocking incident. Just to, to clear, clarify as well, no, nobody's actually, so there were two people left in critical condition and nobody actually died in this, which is why it seems to me like this is, again, one of those attempts to OD mm -hmm. and in order to be brought back. Um, so, yeah, it's not, it's not one, of the, one of the many issues that they have in the States at the moment, not least of which, as we can jump onto another story. Did you see the story I put about the electric scooters? Oh, yeah, the, the burn it. So, so well, there's a lot of things. So, so, over in the states, they they kind of they treat the electric scooters like we treat the the bus bikes, yeah, so and that you can rent them out. Yeah, but companies. yeah, but people just don't like them for some reason, and and don't like them to the degree where I mean they're paper minute. So I don't know if the are the bus bikes paper minute or yeah, paper yeah, distance. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so but people are, are vehemently against them. So you've got videos of them being burnt, of them being stuck in the chucked in the ocean. There's there's one on here where a person says, I don't think this is or it's something like I don't. I think this is how they're supposed to be applied and they've basically been stuck up against a, a signpost um, and then the infamous one which again speaks of another problem that they do have particularly in the San Francisco area but some people are, 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 are basically pooping on them um, <laughs> <laughs> but that is and I don't know I don't know whether you hear this covered on many things but that is a general epidemic over in certain parts of the states at the moment like because of the number of homeless that they've got over there basically poop on the streets is a serious problem oh my god is it they, 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 to the degree of I thought we spoke about this before to yeah. the degree of I think they've got an app where you can basically see um, and I think it's San Francisco I think let me just double check this out San no this is where the scooters are but I think San Francisco is where they've got the poop epidemic as well I just that's a ridiculous thing to say but they've got um They've got a, a, like a poop app. They've got an, an app which will tell you the the areas which are infamous for having a lot of poop on the streets. Why is yeah yeah why is why is San Francisco is is filled with? Let me just look. I know it's San Francisco. I thought I got, I got that right. Um, yeah, but because of the degrees of homeless, it's basically um, people are, are are crapping on the streets. <laughs> and it's not being and it's, it's not being. I mean, it's, it's migrant, right? It's we. we <laughs> It's not like it's a dog where you've taken somebody out for a walk and you could pick up their crap afterwards. So people in San Francisco generally have a general challenge of walking down the street and walking into what well, is somebody the new mayor of London, new mayor of London breed said there are more feces on the sidewalks than I've ever seen growing up here. <laughs> oh God, that's disgusting. A twenty in a, in a revolting recent incident, a twenty pound bag of fecal fecal waste showed up on the street in the city's Tenderloin district. Poop on the street has another uh, lack of restroom access. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 I, I, I really know about this. Yeah, I hear. Or maybe I, I think it's maybe um, there are still what they've got seventy five hundred homeless residents with no chance of finding accommodation. So it, it speaks of a larger problem. But yeah, poop on the streets not good. Poop on the streets. Poop on the scooters. Oh poop a scooter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, so body scanners to be screened subway riders in the US. Apparently, it's supposed to be voluntary, but if you don't get scanned, um, you can't ride a subway, so you're not really, it's not actually voluntary. 
And explain to me how this is voluntary anyway, right? Because if one person says it's voluntary, it's designed to capture multiple people at the same time. Yeah. So what you're saying that you're all going to sign up to. And also, look, in a world of... Uh, the, you, you, we can't roll this out everywhere. So, so it's... it's, it's uh, right, it's released by Fruvision. But imagine, imagine a world like this. Go two years down the line and they release this in the, um, some of the subways in, over in the States yeah. along with the 5G network. It's like you, you're just frying yourself the moment you step out of your door. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I know they're like, it's minor radiation this admits but i'm like look you're, you're firing more radiation at me as you're increasing the the mobile networks it's like you're just trying to fire our brains going forwards that was why i put this in there i was just like it's i understand what they're trying to do it um but it just feels to but me it, like you're now stepping out your door and being targeted by and the reasons why they said it while they're doing it makes holds a little weight to me they said that um it's prevent terrorist attacks and in my in my head i was thinking how many terrorist attacks happen, happen in la well, this was the strange thing as well. It's there to find explosives, which isn't really what you get in LA. Yeah, um, it's not like it's there to find... In, in theory, I guess it could be used to find weapons because what it basically does is it assumes... And this is what... It, it assumes that because it tracks your body heat, then explosives will stop your body heat from being seen. So if it shows a mark on it... But then, but then anything that you've got on your person that will stop body heat going forwards could potentially be... Because it's not going to only be able to pick up explosive materials because that would be stupid, right? If yeah. you target for certain materials then it would be restrictive um, so I'm not sure how this will play out in person and I'm not sure how they will be able to see the value of it because if you have first of all I don't know how many people have been caught on the subway in LA with explosives on them that's because if you don't have a baseline I don't understand what they're measuring their success against we didn't have any bombers last year oh look we released this and we didn't have any bombers this year <laughs> success that's what I was a bit um, confused by um, moving on um, Donald Trump relaxes the US cyber attack um, attack rules. Well, this isn't so. This is oh shock horror, a misleading story, but a misleading headline um, by the. Jeez, oh, I sound like I'm <laughs> an enemy of the media now. But so this isn't actually. So he doesn't release. He doesn't relax the US cyber attack rules in as much as the way that reads as is as if. He is relaxing the laws against it. That's not what he's doing. No. He's basically changing the guidelines that have been built up that, that were put in place by President Obama to basically remove the levels of approval required if you wanted to have any form of preemptive attack uh, from a, a cyber perspective, which I don't think is a good thing because it feels to me like he's taken the cyber world to having its, his red button on his desk. Yeah. Um, so I don't think this is necessarily a good thing because a cyber attack is... For me, m more specialist than uh, a physical attack. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying the technologies used are not not um, complex from a physical perspective. The types of weaponry used, or the military that we deploy. Yes, obviously a lot of complexities to that. But the the breadth of people who have a knowledge of that is is more than people who have an in depth knowledge of the how cybersecurity works because that changes every day so unless you're a specialist in that area then you're not well versed to be able to make a, a kind of informed opinion or decision on that doesn't speak well to me that they would be trying to remove these layers of bureaucracy to if then if they're relevant to be there it may not be it may not be the most comfortable thing that you have to wait for approvals to go through but the reality is is you, you 
I don't think that removing these levels, because if they remove these, what they'll basically be saying is they'll be removing levels of specialists out of it, and they'll be giving it to people who are decision makers, but usually are decision makers based on what their con their consultants tell them, right? Mm -hmm. If you remove the consultants, they're just making, they might want to go to it, or they might get pressured from Donald Trump above or any different president to say, I want you to make a decision in the next five minutes. If the next five minutes isn't relevant enough to make a, it's funny, I was watching Armageddon the other day. This is a completely <laughs> different comparison, right? But it's the equivalent of when they say, blow up the nuke on the asteroid and all the scientists say this isn't going to work and but they say you've got five minutes to make a decision therefore make a decision and it's not an informed decision and so i don't think it's sensible to remove layers of bureaucracy if they are relevant and and should exist in this so yeah a bit of a misleading headline from from that all right let's move on um twitter's finally suspended alex jones and infowars for but it's only for one week um so um i think it's all about this matt about the week before, so it's a long time ago, two weeks ago. No, I think maybe you've been banned by YouTube at that point, right? Yeah, you've been banned and, by YouTube. And Facebook and Twitter were holding off. Yeah, they're holding off. And they finally spending them, and they've only spending them for seven days. Um, it's. it's but what I don't understand, right, what is, right, this is bizarre, so, and, and don't get me wrong, like, Alex Jones, is a part, he's, he's amusing to watch, but realistically, he's a piece of trash, yeah. like, talking about Sandy Hook being a false flag, yeah. continually, um, and there were points in time where the families of the, the of Sandy Hook had to move, the because he was, that, didn't get him kicked off any of these yeah. what got him kicked off is he said for the nation to have to, to ready their battle rifles right but basically and i was trying to find the transcript for this because if you look at the transcript for basically what he said is he went through this huge thing of saying that we're due for another false flag from the media and the media change of permission and basically said so whilst you're in your beds ready your battle rifles by the side of your bed now that is not a call to vi the, the way that this has been put across is ready your battle rifles and go at the ready on an ambush right yeah. So what they've said here is, is is a clear violation of the thing to use to promote violence. The context of what he said wasn't actually promoting violence. In fact, if anything, it was saying suggest them use the battle rifles in a form of defence. Yeah. So, and I'm not I'm not condoning Alex Jones here. Oh, I think he's a shit. But I don't understand why they have banned him for this in the absence of everything they're banning him before. And also, there is an interesting way a take on this is if you are saying. A clear violation is use or promote violence against civilians to further their causes. What the fuck is my big red button can obliterate your country? <laughs> yeah. If not that. They pick and choose. They, they, these companies are never consistent. They pick and choose what, and, what and don't they're doing. Somebody, and, and, and again, with, with, with the states as well, you, you have within your constitution freedom of speech, yeah. which means people have the right to say stuff, however stupid it is, that... You can't tell them they're not allowed to say. So, and but, but there are some parts of this where, and, and again, for me, it, some of the stuff that he's invoked before means you could, you should have got rid of him for a million and one reasons, but you've chosen a reason that doesn't seem to quite make sense to me on this one. Mm -hmm. And then you've chosen to ban him for a week from which he then released an app which you can still get hold of his content, which means you've actually, I think you've just made him more money than he's made in the last six months on your normal platform. And none of this, it seems like, Silicon Valley's virtue signaling of, yeah, well, YouTube, we're going to get rid of him, Facebook, we're going to get rid of him, and Twitter, we're going to get rid of him, but we don't really want to tell people that we're trying to control what you say on our platform, which should allow free speech. So it's like a, a semi-virtue signal, and it doesn't make, Jad Dorsey's approach to this doesn't really make any sense. Either get rid of him completely or don't, but now you've driven him to 
now have an app where people have, in fact you've now made people aware of an alternate platform which means he doesn't actually need to rely on your platform so I, i'm like I, I don't get the approach for this and again with all the multitude of shit that he has come out with before and all of the reasons that you could have banned him before i wasn't sure why this just kicked them over the edge and that's that that sticks for youtube probably worse so because what he posts on um twitter is only so he goes on because he went to i think what was a periscope to follow up and say that he'd been banned but the stuff that he puts on youtube is infinitely worse they could have banned him again a million and one times over yeah. it's the bizarre it's just I don't, I, I, I don't know and anytime it comes to that and don't be wrong if Alex Jones disappeared from the from the world, it wouldn't I wouldn't be a loss for for me personally. Um, but yeah, it was it was a, it's a bizarre take on this. And by the time what that was the fifteenth, by the time we do the next show, he'll be back on the site again. I I envision that within two days of coming on, he's going to tweet something that will get him instantly kicked back off. Yeah. All right, controversial coffee stand turned head once again. So um, second base espresso in Hill Yard um, in America have um, put. On their uh, what's that? Their board, another controversial, um, um, controversial statement. So you can't be doing this, dude. This isn't right. <laughs> um, this time they were referencing heroin, and the person in question was Demi Lovato. Demi Lovato, um, I don't know how you say it? Uh, she was. She had a drug overdose um, of heroin, I think, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And on their um, on their stand, it said. Um, I'm gonna swear. Fuck, it's hotter than um, a spoon at Demi Lovato's house. Referring, yeah, this is deep, man. That's just, to- <laughs> I mean, I put this on here because I'm like, because it just it popped up. I can't remember where I saw this. So I can't remember what I was. I can't even remember what feed I was looking at um, to get this. But I was like, come on, man, you can't. It's, that's a bit deep. Because um, I think I understand that they've got quite. A, I think they've got a, a drug issue around there as well, just going from some of the the people who got interviewed in it. But in general, you, you can't be putting that up, man. Like, <laughs> how insensitive is that? <laughs> Apart from the fact, that it does, I don't even know how that's going to... I mean, it, well, it's got them national attention, right? But I can't believe it's going to be of any positive national attention. I can't believe somebody's going to be going down there and saying, oh, yeah, I saw your sign on the news, so I thought I'd come down here for a coffee. Like, yeah, I thought this was pretty pretty brazen and insincere, to be honest. Yeah. All right, moving on, moving on, moving on. We've got a lot to cover. Um, so... Do we want to go to the church? So the church protected, so the church protected more than 300 predator priests. And okay, so we knew we all know about the um, pre- previous pope and um, him moving priests when they were found. They weren't found guilty, but when they did discover that these priests were touching children, um, 300 predator priests in Roman Catholic dioceses across Pennsylvania. Um, with more than a thousand victims coming forward, and uh, um, I can't talk at the moment. They're trying to take them to court. Um, priests are raping little boys and girls, and and the men of God are responsible for them. Were not, not only did nothing, they hid it. So what happened? What was happening when um, the um, people that were in charge of the priests had found out that these um, priests had been touching little boys and girls? Instead of move, instead of um, send, putting them to the police, they didn't put them to the police. They just moved them from a different to a different area. Uh, Pope Francis accepted the resignation of Cardinal Theodore McCarrick, he, um, who a, pro- a prominent Vatican official, and he claimed of sexual abuse almost forty years ago. So this guy, Cardinal Theodore McCarrick, had had um, people accusing him of sexual abuse more than forty years ago. It's just ridiculous. It's crazy. Have you watched the film Spotlight? 
So Spotlight yeah. was based in, uh, was it based in Boston? Uh, Boston, Detroit, was it? Yeah. It's Boston. Uh, I, I think it was Boston. Boston. Yeah. Boston. And in Spotlight, the same thing where <laughs> priests were touching children. It's disgusting. Yeah, but so <laughs> there was interest. And again, there's a different podcast. I was a couple of podcasts I was listening to. And one of them made a very good point for this, right? So more than 300 predator priests. What, so this was more than a thousand young victims. And that was over the course of, was it 30 years? 40. 40 years, right? Last year, there was a report in the States that there was 17,000 reports of sexual assaults at schools across the US. Wow. 17,000, right? That's a lot. And, and, and what is happening in the Catholic... Because, and it's not a new thing. This is not a new story for the Catholic Church, right? Mm. However, I don't understand... And this is, this is again, not necessarily how the media is, is, is reporting it because it's, you won't, the people in government won't want this reported as well, right? But you have a larger issue to address here. Sexual assault in any form of... How do, what can I, how do I use... What's the word I'm trying to think of? Um, yes. So it's sexual assault in any form of institution that houses and looks after kids. That is your problem here, right? That's mm-hmm. your problem. And because 17,000 reports of sexual assault in school, well, that's a relatively hidden figure. And 17,000 means that there are, there are teachers within that school who are doing exactly the same thing as the priests have done here. However, we have a history of the Catholic Church and not incorrectly and not inconsequentially being accused of actual sexual abuse on children by their priests, right? So I'm not suggesting that doesn't happen, and I'm not suggesting this isn't valid that people take this approach against them. However, there is there is a larger issue which you are choosing to... Nobody's making the same... That, that report that I've just said to you was from last year, and nobody's continually following up on how we're fixing that, right? Yeah. Because it's not the same. It, it's not as newsworthy, and it's embarrassing to the government as well, but it's not as newsworthy if you say it was hit, it's here in public schools. It's harder to... It's, 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 and it doesn't have the same stigma as the Catholic Church mm-hmm. has to it, right? But, and again, my, my, my point is here, and, and again, this, this, this continually speaks to, and this is again what I speak to, the fact that, yes, the media, I think, misconstrued as truth, but, however, I would be fair to them, say that they are slightly hamstrung in the people who make statements or release information that's out there, and maybe what we lack is actual detailed journalists nowadays to go and seek out the information and the, the statistics to back up and uncover stories that need to be uncovered, right? Because yes, this needs to be uncovered that thousand that um, happened over the course of 40 years. But surely 17,000 within a year is even more pressing to say, actually, we need to look at how this occurs and how we address this over the course of all the institutions. It shouldn't, you, we shouldn't be targeting only the people that are convenient to target for, based on their historic perspective, based on how newsworthy they are, and based on the fact that, well, if we start looking at schools, then it gets a bit closer to home, and it gets a bit closer to becoming a bit more political, and it gets a bit more closer to becoming difficult to challenge, right? And you can't hide away from the statistics and the reality of what is, and, and so as much as I fully agree that this story is disgusting in, in every way and means, right? But they also need to take on board that there's a bigger issue that needs to be addressed here. And actually, somebody should be covering the fact that this still goes on in the school um, system as well. Because in the absence of co- covering this information, right, it can just go on behind the scenes. Yeah. All right, moving on. I'm going to technology. There's still quite a few stories we want to cover, but time. So, <laughs> the worst stories I saw in your tech with Motorola brazenly copying mate this was ridiculous this is a complete (laughs) joke 
And I think the reason why they can do this is because it's only it's only been released in it's been released in China. It's going to be released in other countries soon. But the Motorola P30 and the iPhone X. If if you, if, if you've got time, anyone, um, if you go on um, Google and, and Google P30X and the iPhone X, you'll see that the phones look as, uh, nearly identical. Um, even with the same backing color, back, same, back and wallpaper. The same backing color, same wallpaper. It's a joke. Um, tech reviewers have come out and said it's a brazious and egregious um, rip-off of Apple's flagship device. I'm, su- I'm surprised Apple hasn't sued Motorola. Well, this is what I thought as, as well, and, and, and I guess they very well may do, but do you know what, in general, this isn't good, and they put this in, this isn't good for the the smartphone no, industry itself, because all, this further backs up the reason why there is a decline in people changing and upgrading their phones, because they're all becoming similar to the older version and to each other, and Samsung and Apple, despite the, the kind of arguments and the lawsuits that got set, what, a couple of months ago about Samsung stealing Apple's ideas, they, they stayed different enough. That's why you get Samsung lawless and you get Apple lawless yeah. because there are, there, are, there are things, differences between them that keep them unique enough. This, I mean, yeah, get, get a chance. If you get a chance to just literally Google it, the, I mean, I'll put a link in the show notes just so someone can click through, just for amusement. But that picture they show in the middle of it is basically just the, the M replacing the Apple and the, yeah. camera, <laughs> the, the camera lenses are a bit more embedded or a bit more made to, to stand out. Yeah, that that is about it. They're, they're a bit more pronounced, yeah. And the phone's going for about $350, <laughs> which is more than, more than less than half. Less than half yeah, this Apple's is phone. shocking. Um, I can't believe that this goes far down the line without a lawsuit being... Yeah. Filed. Okay, moving on. Did uh, you catch the story I put about? I know we're in tech, by the way, but did you catch the story, the brief story I put about the the um, Bristol Rovers? Yeah, yeah. Badge. I was, was going to come back to that. I was going to go okay. um, best of the week. That's, a bit, that's one of my best of the week. Cool. Um, so, yeah. Vodafone customers vulnerable to fraud. So, staff at Vodafone call centers have uh, uh, allegedly broke, broken the rules on security checks, leaving customers open to fraud, which... Get I, away from Vodafone, people. Yeah. So, um, Vodafone takes it, it takes security extremely seriously. Um, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, none, a lot of people have given. Do you know what's happened? Yeah, a few times people. You know when you buy stuff over the phone. Yeah. yeah. A few. T- I always worry about giving some of my my bank details and then the line cutting off because if you don't know, like, so my friend, she was on. I the never f- buy anything over that. I don't buy anything over the phone. phone to be she she was on the of the phone. And she was giving her bank details to, to the um, the agent. And the phone line cut out. Um, she was she had given him the, the telephone number. She had given him the, the, the line across the card number across the card, the security number, and um, the date of expiry. And she was now terrified because she had, she didn't know if the thing had gone through. She tried to call through to the to the um, to the company. Gave them the the the, the guy's name. They said they didn't have anyone of that name working there. <laughs> so she had to go and call through to the bank. It's terrifying. And um, Going back to Vodafone, Vodafone, um, Vodafone, what what they look like they've done is given they've given someone else the control of his mobile phone number, so um, they contact. Yeah, but it's the means by which they've done it, right? So basically, when you when you call them up, you have to answer security questions, and you do this with a lot of people, right? Yeah. But if you can't answer the security questions, that's the end of the conversation. Yeah. There should be no instance where somebody says, "Well, actually, if uh, we'll, we'll let you through," and that's what's happened here. And the guy who's come out of the the whistleblower they've got here, he's technically not really a whistleblower because he left. Um, but he said when he used to do it, he used to see people who would call up, and before he could report, whether he's just trying to put himself on a moral pedestal here, I don't know. But he was saying somebody would call to do this, get the questions wrong, he would try to put 
put a note on the file and they would call back before he could close that case. And I'm like, it doesn't take that long to put fraud attempt on this and put some kind of alert in place. Right? Yeah. What they should be saying is they put some form of alerting into their system that doesn't make it fully reliant purely on people. Because if all you're going to do is retrain your people, that's not really going to help anything here, right? There needs to be some kind of alerting system and process in internally that says somebody got this question wrong. And apparently it all comes down to the bonuses being related to the person that they dealt with on the phone and therefore they don't want to be reflected upon badly mm -hmm. that would say to me you need to fix your rating system Vodafone because if the reason for somebody's complaint is they wouldn't let me in without my um, security not working you should mark that person that employee up not down um, so if your rating system needs to say did you score them on a one to four because of security or the failure to take your password mm -hmm. Then that, that's a different thing, right? So I'm not convinced that they'll fix this. I don't use Vodafone personally, but yeah, this is a it's a pretty they put extremely well. They say they take it extremely seriously. I don't think they do. I think this is a pretty extremely serious flaw in your system, um, and I'm not sure how they're going to fix that. But it doesn't does let me put it like this. It doesn't make me want to go across to them. But yeah, I never I never really. But it's funny because I don't do anything over the phone anymore. Even if I've got to pay somebody for something, I'll get them to send me their their details, and I'll just yeah. transfer across directly. But you know, the thing is as well. I mean, Vodafone, you don't expect to do this, but there are some people who you just, you know, are dodgy. I mean, there's a, there's a guy who called me last week about somebody. He pissed me off because I'm in the barbershop and he was holding me up for ages trying to sell me the idea of investing in a horse. I was like, get off the phone, dude. And he said, <laughs> just before we uh, finish this call, I'm just going to put you through to our back office so they can do a, a check on, on it, right? And literally, so he, he says, can you just go and hold quickly? And, and I'm about to hang up because I'm starting waiting to get in the barber seat here. And then this person comes off and literally it says, yes, this is this is, this is John from back office. Uh, I'd just like to check that you had a, a, a good experience with, with, with the person just a, a second ago. Was was he, uh, can you just answer these three questions? Gave me these questions a while. Um, literally, it's like, it, it literally sounded like person is sitting here, they've turned around and there's a board between them and said, back off us, there's a call coming through. And it's just in this little room, because they were in Newmarket apparently. This but it felt to me like they were all in like a five by five room and then they've just said random. I've never had that before. Somebody say, just going to pass you to back office. And the person then, they'll say with one of our back office divisions, it stunk to high hell of a fraudulent uh, setup, right? Because when the person literally got transferred over and then said, yes, this is back office, actually said, this is back office. <laughs> All right. Oh dear. Sainsbury's supermarket goes till free. So Sainsbury's is running a trial in one store where shoppers can scan items and pay with their phones. So we've seen this before with Amazon. Amazon's um, Amazon bought Whole Food. Whole Whole Foods. It's in Austin, isn't it? They've got their yeah. And um, Sainsbury's are now trying to do doing the trial run where customers do not need to queue and they can just go. They can go through self. They, oh, they, there's, there's no till, so there's no, it's not. There's I no, like this. So there is, so I think they're still going to put a till in there. Basically, what they're going to do is they're, they're doing, they're, they're trying this in Clapham North at the moment. But you download the Sainsbury's app, yeah. and they rely on the fact that some people already do like comparisons on price when they they scan the thing. So you would scan it, put it into your basket, and then when you go to the door, there's a, a scan and signal on the door, which basically you have to scan against, and that's that's when you pay. And I think they would still then have the self service checkouts, and they would still have the um the the probably even less man checkouts than they had before. I think this is pretty nifty and. And they've they've accepted that people will steal because they will. Yeah. Um, however, it's 
not it, it won't really work right because it, well, i thought about this because i was thinking will this really work for someone still and i don't really think it will because they will have to have a sainsbury's app which is registered to them and they will have to what have they'll be caught haven't seen something um as I, well, I, so I don't, and she has put, but I do think they've accepted there's a degree of which people will steal, but only to as much as they normally do. And it's reliant on the, the majority of people who are honest, um, which and I, think this is, I think this is good, right? I know there is the talk of we're getting rid of more and more jobs. And I mean, to be honest, I didn't realize they did this, but when I went to, so when I went to Ibiza, I went via Stansted and we, we flew via EasyJet. And when you go in there now, you'll check in, well, you know, you can check in online, but your baggage drop, you put your passport into that, you put your ticket into into a machine um it will ping up you put your you put your case on the thing just to weigh it to make sure it's not too much you put you put your ticket thing in there and then it fires out the little label on that and you put the label on yourself and you chuck it down the baggage thing yeah. so it's completely done away with the person behind the till yeah. and like i say i know it's not good for the people who worry about us uh, an autonomy getting rid of in-person jobs however innovation is what drives society forwards so i, I think this is I, I i i like the idea of this I think it's uh, a, a, yeah i like it all right there's been a mysterious hack for some instagram users this week um which their profile photos their profile photos are replaced by random stills across from films from hollywood um it's such an unusual um hack a re, a, a, the registered email addresses have been altered to accounts originating from yeah this is Russia. dodgy dude this <laughs> is this is a dodgy story this is this is some this is a scam yeah. And what I mean is, this is I I feel like this is a politically driven internal scam from the US because you're telling me that the Russians are so expert that they can run collusion to change to influence an election, right? And then will change your Instagram account and put a dot ru address by it. Yeah. Seriously, this is so I don't know whether it's being politically motivated and driven, but this is not coming out of Russia. This is coming out of somewhere. I project in the US trying to point further animosity towards the Russians. And I just thought this was I that was the reason that I put this in there. Not because of the hack. It's not a new thing to see um Instagram accounts or Twitter accounts or any other accounts hacked. But to say, oh yes, we, we've sent an account to your RU address. I think, seriously guys, you don't think that they're gonna sit behind and what I love is is that they act like some of these things are complex to do because I think I was listening to um I don't know, but it's CNN or somebody's got like a tech guy on there. I think it might even be NPR. And he comes on and he makes everything sound more complex than it is. So when he's talking about the Russians, he's like, yeah, and what they'll do then is then they'll sit behind a virtual private network. Dude, fucking stop making it sound complex. When people work from home, they VPN into their network. It's not it's not a complex thing to do, right? So all of these things that they put, they, they say it in the full terms rather than the acronym to make them sound complicated are not. Mm -hmm. And if I'm to assume that, some Russian bot agency would have made such a simple flaw as to say, oh yeah, we'll just direct them all to why you address us. I'm not being, I'm not being clowned by that. This is, this is Trump creating his own fake news. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And then, um, all right. So I'm going to skip some, some text stories just for time. Yeah. Cause yeah, yeah, yeah we don't um, have time for all of them. All right. So just going for the best of the week. So there's two stories I wanted to cover for the best of the week. The best, the first story was the um, cosmetic company, Becca, and their beauty campaign where they um, coloured in white models, well, white models' hand to make it look like a black model's hand and forgetting that black people's palms aren't black. Mate, the, the <laughs> black one looks like the, an, an actual mannequin hand. Yeah. Um, they forgot that black people's, black people's hands aren't, black people's palms aren't actually black. Um, they covered the model's um, palm, darkening her palm. 
Yeah. Well, no, they just put the whole they put the whole hand as as, as brown. Oh, it's brown, yeah. It just looks so. I can't. I can't believe what I'm saying. And somebody's tweeted on here. Seems like you guys need a reference. Yeah. And we're, we're <laughs> hand up. But I'm like, seriously, guys, why why have you reached? I'm not being funny, people. It's just hands. You're telling me you can't get a black hand model to play a black hand. And because I would assume that none of those. So because there's a range of one. The one in the middle looks like it's either kind of Indian or Asian. So I assume that they're all the same. Well, they are all the same because the the color of the arm goes straight into the color of the palm and everybody knows that regardless of where you're from there's some distinction between the color of your palm and the color of the rest of your skin <laughs> i was just like seriously is that what this is the, what the world is coming to and they show all these close it's a fully black hand yeah, no, like jeez, uh, man it's really bad and the next story from the best of the week is what happened at a bristol rovers clubhouse so um, whilst fans were preparing to, uh, preparing to watch the game um it briefly came up but, but the <laughs> The TV station, Babe Station, came up. <laughs> I just can't imagine being in that. On, on the TV. Um, <laughs> it, briefly, it briefly came, disappeared, and then it reappeared again as the game resumed. Uh, people thought it was a camp, initially thought it was a, a uh, advertisement, and then it stayed on. Um, Mate, you, when you look at the picture, right, there's so many awkward looks of the guys who are in there. But I saw I saw this announcement on BBC the other day, and Chris Akabusi was on there, and he burst into laughter. And then obviously they came back and said, obviously Chris doesn't know anything about what Babe Station is, like because all of those guys, all of a sudden you see them looking down on their phones and trying to look away, and you've got a couple of women in there as well. Um, <laughs> personally, I would have just cracked up. I just thought this was uh, yeah. Sky Sports News to Babe Station, that is... <laughs> Somebody's getting fired for Because all it is, you can do all the investigations you want. Someone's sitting there and going, this will be funny if we yeah. do this as a prank, won't they? And Bristol, the rival club Bristol City came out and tweeted, uh, we can't promise any Babe Station, so our TVs have parental control, which I found hilarious, a little back and forth. Um, yeah, this is funny. This is a really funny story. I think people should go and have a look for it um, it was like and i heard a report when i was down in the canteen at work getting breakfast i was like this is a nice light way to start the to start the day yeah. <laughs> i didn't know base, i didn't know base station was 24 hours i thought it was at night time yeah but know. this was during this was a night game this was, was a night, night game, night yeah, game yeah, yeah. Okay. but i thought base station started like a tagline i don't i don't know i don't i don't sit there and watch base station but um yeah i found it a very hilarious story and what have you been reading but, well, there was one story though that, that, to touch on that yeah. we missed right so this big this big sports deal for facebook did you know how lucrative facebook were in playing live streaming live sports no i did not know about this so people in the inland continent um subcontinent from friday have only one way to watch top flight spanish football on facebook oh and i didn't even i didn't even know about that um, the social network has signed an exclusive deal to show every La Liga game for the next three seasons to viewers in India, Afghanistan, Bangladesh, Bhutan, Nepal, the Maldives, Sri Lanka and Pakistan, which were rights which were previously held by um, Sony. But I didn't even know that they were going down this. And I think in the States as well, so the social network already uh, shows MLS, mm -hmm. uh, sorry, uh, Major League Baseball to US audiences at a reported cost of £1 million per game. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously the content is free, but then they increase the targeted advertising. But I didn't, I didn't even know that they were starting to lock down and capture the, the, media, the sports media market. That was but, a new one to me. But then you see, like, um, 11 sports, what's it doing in the UK? Like, we've lost a Liga, we've lost, we're going to lose the UFC. Mate, don't get me sport. wrong, it's not bad. For, for me, I, as a person who's not a hater of Facebook, if they put this on and I don't have to piss around with Sky Sports News and B, mainly BT, I'm happy with Sky because I like their pundits, but yeah. I don't have to piss around with BT anymore, BT, then I'll be happy. BT have lost, the, they, BT <coughs> don't lose the UFC, they're going to lose the NBA, 
Um, they've already lost um, to who? To Eleven Sports. So Eleven Sports is online. Eleven uh, online things. You can't watch it on TV. You have to pay like an online. Subscription. This is my point. This is what pisses people off, right? Is I'm having to pay multiple costs yeah. for so different it's, sports. It's cheaper. I think it's like fifty pounds for the year. Yeah, but they're not going to have everything, which means no. I have to have Sky and I have to have something else. Yeah. And it pisses me off. Even for something as simple as football, like, oh, well, if, if I want to watch the FA coming and most of these, I just refuse. I'm not going to pay. I'm not going to pay. It's not I can't afford to pay for BT when I needed to pay for it, right? On principle, I'm not going to pay you for something I'm going to watch one match a, a month on. It's just it's a bit annoying. All right. So, uh, as you and I beef, did you get, get up to any reading? I uh, you on the beach. I'm still, I did go running on the beach, uh, but I'm still trying to, I'm still desperate. I don't like to give up on a book and I'm still desperately trying to get through Maps of Meaning by Jordan Peterson. <laughs> it's, um, I have a huge amount of respect for Jordan Peterson, but this feels like a really self-indulgent read. Like you're, you're trying to not only convince me of your intelligence, but you're doing it for i mean it's a 30 hour book i've still got 14 hours left but you you, tr you don't need to convince me how intelligent you are mm -hmm. and you're trying to get tied together too many different ideas which don't necessarily mean to be dug into and a lot of it also is it's purely down to his, his interpretation of certain when he's put maps of meaning he makes his interpretation of certain ideologies of stuff and it just feels to me a bit too intellectually self-indulgent didn't need to go on for this long, but I refuse to give up on it. So I am going to keep pushing through to the end. Um, but I did a lot of catching up this week on, on podcasts, to be honest, because while I was away, I didn't listen to much. Um, so I caught up on a few of those. They had the, the couple of ones on the fifth column that I caught up on. There was a couple of no agendas I had to listen to. This, uh, Do you know what I like? Mindscape. Um, Sean Carroll's new um, series. I don't know if you... You know, he's the... Um, quantum physis physicist yeah, who yeah. was on Joe Rogan mm. and he's got his own podcast he's quite good but I mean my first day back at work I listened to his show which was on the cause why does the universe exist there's maybe a bit of a heavy read for the first day <laughs> back in the office but I, I listened to Joe Rogan and uh, my brain's complaining I've had it right in my head you listen to the Macaulay Culkin one uh, yeah this is Macaulay Culkin but he's weird I found him a bit. I off. don't know. I didn't think. I didn't think he was. I thought he would be a bit more weirder than he was. Uh, he's off. He's he's off. He's different. Um, You're struggling to pull out what you've listened to there. <laughs> no, my brain just went black. I listened to Joe Rogan. Uh, my brain just went really black. Let me go. Let me go on my my things next while I can tell you who I've listened to this week. Sorry, guys. My brain just went blank there. Um, Joe Rogan. What did you listen to? I listened to Henry Rollins. I love that one. I listened to Jimmy Dore. And Macaulay Culkin. I listened to uh, Fifth Column. I listened to... Uh, Sam Harris hasn't done any for quite a while. No, he, he hasn't. But did you... The Fifth Column you listened to, did, is that the one that had Jesse... Um, I can't remember his name. Uh, They've so done one with a woman there, done one with, one with a guy. Jesse, the reason I put Jessica up... Jessica Tarlov. No, 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 no. The one with Jesse. His name's Jesse. It's a guy. See, because he just released a book and he's basically, his book is basically on the... Uh, on how and, what, and looking into oh, Jessica. yeah which is a bit I, of I looking into the through. phenomenon oh. of people coming out and having a few studies and then back because they've released a few studies that people start to follow they then get to do like a ted talk or usually it, it leads on to a ted talk and then their ideas become viral and their ideas may ne not necessarily be based on full facts they may have put together their studies based on what, what you'll find is that and i thought and i thought this was an interesting point and he's correct on it is a lot of the stuff that is is ted talk based is very interpretive 
Mm-hmm. So when you think of a lot of them, there's some stuff that is purely factual based. There is some stuff that is backed up with stats. But there is some stuff that nowadays people write a study and doesn't ne- isn't necessarily supported by all the numbers. But then as soon as they get onto a t- stage such as TED, then by rights, their, their viewpoint is being given authority, yeah. which maybe isn't necessary and, and the problem is nowadays and, 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 I, and I, I'm a big fan of TED but with TEDx for a TEDx event you it's set up by so, so the TED events obviously the main hub where you've got like geniuses in the room but the TEDx events are set up by somebody local in the area who basically applies to hold a TEDx event and then they will speak to somebody who comes and talks on it but the moment you step on a TED stage people believe you've got authority to speak in an area. And to get on TEDx, you don't necessarily have to back that up with a huge amount of, even if you do have stats, you can choose to take one side of a particular argument to get your viewpoint across and leave the rest out. And because you're on a TED stage, a lot of people will take what you've said for gospel and won't try and challenge that, right? So he's looked at that. And I guess it kind of speaks to you about it. We spoke about it before, about just within groups building up a social currency. But it's almost like building up an intellectual currency and that we have platforms nowadays where you get more coins for Mm -hmm. going on than other platforms where you get less coins from going on. And once you build up a bank of like 100 intellectual coins in the bank, automatically you are seen of a person of higher intellect mm. which so I, I from i haven't read the book i'm quite interested in it just because of the premise you put on there because it made me think about it that's quite an interesting premise that so, i'm so kind of interested in on, on, on quite, we're really interested especially in, regard, in regards to um body not dysmorphia body when you know where you hate where you hate your right art left arm so yeah you want to cut your left arm off and we won't let that happen but then if you believe that your body you should be in the body of a woman without um, a body of a man we allow women to cut their breasts off or men to cut um, cut their penises off. It's just those. I know it's it's very simple. And I'm not. I'm not. I have. I haven't. No, that was the example that you used on yeah, the example, other. Yeah. But it's a very, it's a very simple example. When you deep dive into that, then you like, why is it socially acceptable for us to allow people to change gender, but it's not allow? It's not socially acceptable to let people cut off parts of their limbs when they want to cut their limbs off. It's just. Um, an interesting topic and different interesting. They 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 flew into some quite edgy topics this way the only thing as i said to you before is i i do i don't i don't love all of their podcasts i do listen to a lot of them but because they drink on them as they get later on in yeah they do they do open up a bit more but sometimes depending on what they're makes it difficult when they listen to a highly and the thing is they always say on it we'll cut all of this at the end but they never cut cut any of it All right, guys. Um, it's quite a long podcast today. No, I expected that because I've been—I don't know why—I was quite looking forward to this podcast because I had a couple of weeks off. So, all right, guys. So that's um, lights out from me and lights out from me. Remember, you can catch us on Facebook. I post the stuff on there every week. So if you can go on there and share that with your friends, that would be great. Um, you can rate us on uh, Apple or any of your podcasts. I personally use Overcast because uh, it's one of my favorite. Yes, it actually become my favorite podcast platform, not least that lets me listen to stuff in free times. <laughs> um, we're on most podcast platforms now that we post to as well. Um, we have a Twitter feed and Instagram feed, not hugely active on them, but we'll post new links for new stuff on Instagram and may at some point start to do Instagram live TV for the shows that we do. Yeah. Um, but yes, you can follow, help support any of us on there. Any feedback we get from you, whether positive or negative, is always appreciated. Um, and yeah, so it's lights out from the both of us then and have a great week, people. And one more thing, one more thing. And um, next week's podcast might be out a bit later. It'll be probably be out on the Tuesday. Oh, yes. My, uh, Tuesday. On, the Tuesday. We'll on a Monday, won't we? Yeah, so it'll probably be out on the Tuesday. So if you don't hear from us, don't think we're, we're going away. We're just going to do it on the Tuesday. Uh, record it on a Monday night and get it out for you on the Tuesday. Lights out, peeps. Peace.